President Joe Biden was up in Connecticut over the weekend for a gun control summit at the University of Hartford, where the president focused his remarks on a prayer for the long life of a dead English monarch. And if you can see the camera, they can see you. And uh, it's the least consequential part of this whole meeting for you, I promise. All right, God save the queen, man. And then the best part is he, he just points. He goes, am I supposed to go off this way? Am I? And, I, and as he does that, the, the crowd there, they go, Whoa, uh, oh. God save the queen, man. On the one hand, probably the most conservative and dignified thing Joe Biden has ever said. A little bit late. Didn't, didn't totally make sense in the middle of Connecticut nine months after Queen Elizabeth died. Back... I kind of like it. That's better than a lot of things the guys said. Even Joe Biden's professional spin doctors can't make sense of it. Perhaps Biden confused New England with Old England. Perhaps Joe Biden was referring to drag queens. It was a little bit of a, a Pride Month valedictory. Nah, not quite. Not quite convincing. The only explanation is the one that we've all known for a long time, which is that Joe Biden, who was never the brightest bulb in the pack, is fading even further couple fries short of a happy meal, few cans short of a six pack. Know what I'm saying? Catch my drift. The lights are on, but no one's home. And we all know it, but the ruling class can't do very much about it. Joe Biden is the incumbent. He's almost certainly the Democrat nominee for president in 2024. So if the Democrats want to hang on to power, they're going to have to rig the election, which is exactly what they are currently doing. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. There's the race right now, which is basically Trump versus Biden. Those are the guys who are leading by a lot in the race. Uh, But there's a shadow race going on too, which is the number two guy in both parties, DeSantis going after Gavin Newsom, which we'll get to in just a second what that means for the dynamic of the race. First though, are they rigging the election? We're now allowed to openly talk about rigging the election, even on certain big tech platforms that may have banned me last week. We're back. We're back for now. Uh, But now you're allowed to talk about that. Now that the 2020 election is over and the Democrats got away with it, you're allowed to openly, even on these platforms, not just on Daily Wire Plus, where I had previously been talking about this, but, but openly on big tech, you're allowed to say what we all know, which is that the Democrats rigged the last election by changing all of the voting rules in the weeks and months before the election took place. And they changed those rules in a way that was advantageous to Democrats and which hurt Republicans. So how are they rigging the election this time? Not, not just by changing the voting rules. In some cases, some of the rules have changed back, but broadly, the Democrats have just kept that victory. Widespread mail-in ballots they've kept, the uh, uh, changing of rules such that it even contradicts the state constitutions, as we see in Pennsylvania, uh, valid harvesting, all the rest of it. How are they changing it this time? How are they rigging it this time? They're rigging it by indicting the chief political rival. And they're indicting him in New York, <laughs> and they're indicting him on federal charges in Miami, and they're going after him in all sorts of ways. There are, there are civil actions coming up. Uh, they are just going to try to pummel this guy with the law such that they can either bury his campaign or literally put him into prison 
And, and it's not just my opinion that this is election interference. This is the opinion of most Americans. Even if it were just my opinion, I think that's a good enough reason to you know, take it seriously. But according to a Harvard-Harris poll, most people believe that the Trump indictments constitute election interference. Of registered voter respondents, 55% say the indictment is politically motivated versus uh, only 45% who find the indictment valid, which is an interesting way of phrasing the question because the indictment could be valid and politically motivated. And it could be not politically motivated, but also invalid, not, not legally serious. But here you've got a clear majority of people who say it's politically motivated and a clear minority of people who say that it's, it's valid. Similarly, 56% of the participants categorize the indictment as interference by the Department of Justice in the 2024 elections. Only 44% see this as a fair application of the law. So Americans know what's up. It's not just the Republicans. It's not just the conservatives. Even Democrats, a lot of Democrats, fair-minded Democrats understand this is Joe Biden wielding his political power to rig the game against the leader of the political opposition, which is something that we have never seen anywhere near this scale in American history. Deeply corrupt, a major shift in our political order. Even the Democrats are admitting it. So you know that you can rely on Mitt Romney to defend it. <laughs> you know when something is so clear, it's so obviously favoring the liberal establishment, you know that you can rely on liberal Republicans such as Mitt Romney to defend the uniparty swampy establishment strategy. I'm angry. Um, the country is going to go through tumult as a result of one thing. President Trump didn't turn over military documents when he was asked to do so. All he had to do was hand them in. I'm sure his counsel told him, hand the documents in, particularly when the subpoena came. But for some reason, he decided not to. He held on to them. Why? That's the question. Why is the country going to have to go through all this angst and tumult? Why did he just turn the documents in? I am angry. I'm angry. I, I don't even want to do my Romney impression because it's not good enough and I end up just sounding like Reagan and I don't want to compare Mitt Romney to Ronald Reagan. So I am angry. I'm angry at Trump. I'm angry at the Republicans. I'm angry at the conservatives. You can always rely on Mitt Romney and the Republicans like Mitt Romney to punch right. They don't really punch left. BLM is burning the country down. Mitt Romney is going to be out there marching with BLM. Donald Trump is selectively prosecuted for an alleged crime that many of his predecessors, potentially all of his predecessors, but at the very least, many of his predecessors and his successor, Joe Biden, all committed. But it's Trump's fault. Of course, this is preposterous. If, if virtually every modern president has committed this one crime, and Donald Trump is the only one who's prosecuted for it, then the thing that changed here is not the presidents or what the presidents are doing. The thing that changed is the DOJ. The thing that changed is the prosecutors. The, the person who deserves the blame is the top prosecutor in the country and his boss, Joe Biden. Romney won't say that because the debate that we're seeing in our country increasingly is not between Republican and Democrat. The debate we're seeing in our country is increasingly not between leftist and conservative. The debate in our country is, as Patrick Deneen writes in his new quite good book, uh, Regime Change, 
this conservative writer Patrick Deneen says that the, the big divide now is between the many and the few. The people and what we call the uniparty, the elite Democrats and the elite Republicans joining together. This is how you're getting talk of, say, a Donald Trump maybe picking Democrat Bobby Kennedy Jr. as his running mate. How on earth, what, how on earth does Trump, the, I guess, conservative Republican, share a significant amount of voters, people who admire Bobby Kennedy? That's so, how is that? Because that old political divide is breaking down to something a little bit more basic and a little bit more populist. And as our political order breaks down, you got to probably check out Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898. Congress once again has allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. And you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. These are the guys I trust to get your gold from. Thousands of other concerned savers do as well. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. You don't have to pay a penny out of pocket, and you can be like me and have your birch gold ready to go. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Protect your savings with gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of happy customers. Text Knowles, Canada WLAS, to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Text Knowles to 989898. Speaking of the Uniparty, the Nevada Republican governor, Joe Lombardo just signed a bill into law that will force insurance companies to pay for transgender procedures. Not even just transing the adults, this bill is going to force companies to pay to trans the kids. That is the Republican governor of Nevada. This comes as nearly 20 states have signed laws to ban transing the kids, but the GOP in Nevada, they're going to promote transing the kids. The battle is so much harder than a lot of us realize because we focus our ire on Joe Biden or Barack Obama or, I don't know, AOC, some big libs. We are not merely fighting those liberal Democrats. We are also fighting against the squishy liberal Republicans. Leftists don't have that same battle because the leftists and the liberal establishment have a lot more overlap than the conservatives and the liberal establishment have. And so we are fighting a seriously uphill battle. The only silver lining here is from a political standpoint, well, one, the truth is on our side, God is on our side, but from a political standpoint, especially in this fallen world that is ruled by the Prince of Darkness for the moment, the only real political silver lining that we've got is that the people are on our side as well. Now, that might not matter because the people have a decreasing say in how the government is run, but the people are pretty clearly on our side, and they're moving more so. Not just the people saying, hey, we uh, don't think you should trans the kids, not even just the people saying, hey, we don't think you should trans really anybody. The people going even further, there's a new uh, survey out. This is from Gallup. 
uh, Gallup's new uh, survey numbers show that support for same-sex relations, not just the T, not just the TQ or the transing the little kids, but the LGB part has declined sharply. Last year, 71% of U.S. adults said gay or lesbian relations are morally acceptable. That number has fallen back this year to 64%. So that's a seven percentage point drop. It's a major, it's a 10% drop in the, the number of Americans saying that any kind of same-sex sexual relations are even morally acceptable. Last time we saw that number was in 2019. So we've fallen back four years. And obviously there's a long way to go to get to any place where you might say that this is a major conservative or right-wing force. But the shift is pretty dramatic. The, the main reason here is because of Republicans. Republicans who had previously been embracing the rainbow over the last decade or so have turned against the rainbow flag again. 56% of Republicans said that same-sex relations were acceptable last year. That figure has dropped to 41% this past year, 15-point drop. And a uh, vast majority of Democrats say it's morally acceptable. A majority of independents say it as well. So for Republicans, this is the lowest amount of same-sex relationship support since 2014. Expect that decline to keep up. Expect that at least for the next year or two. Who knows? Depending on how the 2024 election shapes up, if the Democrats succeed at rigging the election, then you you might see the Republican Party swing back in a more liberal direction. But for right now, the GOP is headed in a more conservative direction, and you're going to see that number keep up. And you might say, wait a second, what what does same-sex relations have to do with transing the kids? Yes, we don't want men going into the girls' room. Yes, we don't want men taking away women's trophies, competing against women in sports. Yeah, that part's gone crazy. But why are people now reacting against same-sex relations? Well, because they're all of a piece. They're all of that initialism, LGBT. They're all represented by the rainbow flag. They all derive from the same premises of the sexual revolution. And because the sexual revolutionaries just took it a little bit too far. And because they took it too far, because they took their ideas to their logical conclusions, This is now causing thoughtful conservatives to reevaluate the premises that they began with. The way we got transgenderism, I've said it before, I said it in my CPAC speech, it's caused a lot of consternation. We don't need to go too in-depth into it, is that the way we got transgenderism is we began with the premise that men and women are basically the same. This was the premise of the feminists. It was adopted by the sexual revolutionaries. That gave us the kind of village people stuff. Then that premise led inexorably to the redefinition of marriage because if men and women are exactly the same, then the union of two men has to be the same thing as the union of a man and a woman has to be the same thing as the union of two women. And if men and women are basically the same, then it's not a very far leap to say that a man can become a woman or socially identify as a woman or practically just be a woman in public life and and vice versa. That's how we got there. Now that people know that it's absurd that Husky Hank in your daughter's bathroom is obviously not a chick, they, they recognize that. It's so clear before them. They recognize that it's obviously wrong to chop off the genitals of minors and to pump them full of poison and sterilize them and turn them into eunuchs. We all know that. That's causing people to reevaluate all the first stuff. And it's a reminder of, of advice from Cardinal Manning, 
which is that there is a day to come that will reverse the confident judgments of men. You had all sorts of uniparty establishment, squishy Republican DC swamp types who for years said the GOP has to ditch the social issues. This isn't popular. The American people don't like it. We've all just got to run and embrace whatever the next liberal fad is. And we just focus on cutting taxes and it's going to win us elections. And that isn't true. The American people are moving in a decidedly socially conservative direction. It's just gone too far. And so you're going to see, you're going to see a big reaction to that. There is an argument to be made for tolerating the sexual eccentricity as a prudential matter. People don't want to send the morality police door to door to go into people's bedrooms and say, hey, what are you doing in there? You got any whips and chains in here? We're going to confiscate those. Okay. Nobody is really arguing for that. But, but the, the argument would be the, the best argument you could make for that would be as a matter of prudence, a toleration that comes from the acknowledgement that this is a fallen world and people do all sorts of weird and wacky things and there's diversity and eccentricity in life. And so we're just going to look the other way sometimes when people do kind of weird stuff. What the sexual revolutionaries did, what the liberals did, is they insisted on, on taking the prudential toleration that, that Americans had long had for diversity and eccentricity and deviance. And they would, they insisted that we now redefine all of those things as positively good, as wonderful, as a human right. For the vast majority of American history, weird sexual behavior was illegal and illegal pretty much everywhere. And then during the mid-2000s, justices on the Supreme Court decided that there's a constitutional right to weird sex stuff. Where is that? I don't know. I guess James Madison probably wrote it in invisible ink. And then the justices in the mid 2000s discovered that, I don't know, they had their decoder liquid and they found out that there's this right to weird sex stuff in the constitution. And then a decade later, they discovered the, the romantic poet, Anthony Kennedy on the Supreme Court discovered that secretly there was a right that redefined marriage. <laughs> To, to be not what it had always been for all of human history everywhere, but this new thing which involves uh, the, the rainbow flag. And uh, they define this as a positive right. And the, the problem for these revolutionaries there is, yes, they got a political win. Yes, they established their new sexual mores in the law. But everyone knows it's BS. Nobody seriously thinks this stuff is like great, okay? You might say, no, people have certain weaknesses and certain desires, and we're just going to kind of like let it go and look the other way. But obviously, it's not normal. It's not the center of human life. There's one relationship that, that is so profound and beautiful and natural and, and re- reflects something beyond our purely natural understanding, which is the ability to procreate and create human life. And only one kind of relationship can do that. And as a, as a matter of even fine-tuning that relationship, we know that for the purpose of flourishing, for not only the creation of a child, but the raising of that child, the development of that child, the best relationship for that is the union of a husband and a wife in marriage, which is for not only the good of the spouses, but the sake of the generation and the education of children. And we all know that's true. And a bunch of libs on the Supreme Court can deny it. And a bunch of activists can scream about it in front of the court. And corporations can, can force some lie about it onto every product, including our beer cans. But we all know that that is true. And so we're happy to be tolerant, nice, accepting people and open-minded and 
practical and realistic, but you can't make us lie. Okay. You've got it. If the liberals just wouldn't hold a gun to our heads and just make us lie all the time and say, if you don't lie, we're going to get you fired from your job. We're going to get you kicked off of YouTube. We're going to get you kicked out of school. We're going to, we're going to deplatform you because of that's so offensive to so many people that the pendulum is swinging back in the other direction. Now, something that I can tell you is not a lie is completely 100% true. You can take it to the bank is how delicious Good Ranchers meat is. Right now, go to GoodRanchers.com, use code Knowles. As our great nation's birthday approaches, we are coming together as proud Americans and savoring the delicious taste of homegrown American-made meat. Our friends at Good Ranchers have the best quality meats you've ever tasted, and they only sell meat that was raised here in the U.S. of A. From now until Independence Day, Good Ranchers will be offering the best deals to give you freedom from the meat aisle. From ribeyes, New York strips, all natural burgers, to the most delicious chicken you could ever want, Good Ranchers has something for everyone. Plus, right now, you will get 30 bucks off with code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, at GoodRanchers.com. If you are looking for a way to wow your family during your 4th of July gathering, check out their website recipe of the Texas-style chopped patty melt. It is so freaking good. They have the best meat on the market. The prices are lower than everybody's. They're just phenomenal. Okay, what are you waiting for? Let the aroma of American-made meat fill the air, bringing joy, unity, and delectable flavors to your celebrations. GoodRanchers.com. Use code Knowles for 30 bucks off any box. K-N-O-W-L-E-S. That's the code. GoodRanchers.com. GoodRanchers.com. American meat delivered. Folks, have you tried the Precision 5 Jeremy's Razor. Have you tried it? Well, you better now. You can get one handle plus one blade cartridge kit for the low, low cost of $14.99. Jeremy's lowest cost for a razor and only for a limited time. It is crafted with a luxurious tungsten handle, five welded steel blades, and a flip-back trimmer for a close, smooth shave around hairlines and hard-to-reach places. But remember, the Precision 5 is no ordinary razor. It's a sword in the battle for beliefs. It's a banner to wave into a new economy. It's a precision instrument to force woke companies to earn back your dollar and stop denigrating your beliefs. It's also still a razor. It will give you a great shave. The Precision Thrive is starting at $14.99. With a price so low, it has never been easier to stop giving your money to woke corporations that hate your guts. Join over 125,000 men who have ditched their woke razors and switched to Jeremy's. Never been a better time or price. Go to jeremysrazors.com today. Speaking of Bud Light, speaking of Bud Light, Bud Light has just yet again issued a major statement to dig the hole even deeper. Bud Light cratered. They've now lost their position as the number one beer in America. They lost it to Modelo Especial. I love that Modelo. It's a very Latin American sounding beer. Is now the number one beer in America. I just think that is awesome. Love it. Uh, Bud Light is number two. Bud Light trying to dig themselves out, but they know that they can't apologize because they're ESG woke corporate overlords pushing a radical liberal agenda. The people who control the money, the people who control the social platforms, they're saying you've got to embrace the rainbow flag. But Bud Light's customers, the people, hate the rainbow flag and they hate having transvestitism on their beer can. So they're caught between a rock and a hard place and they issued another statement that is attempting to satisfy everyone and pleases exactly nobody. They say, we recognize that over the last two months, the discussion surrounding our company and Bud Light has moved away from beer. And this has impacted our customers, our business partners, and our employees. We're a beer company and beer is for everyone. 
No, the problem is that your beer is not for everyone. Your beer is not for me. (laughs) It's not for the construction worker. It's not for the frat boy. It's not for your ordinary customer base that you denigrated. It's not. You are signaling to your customer base that your beer is no longer for them. And your customers are signaling to you, much more clearly with their wallet, that, that your beer is no longer for them either. It's not for everyone. A friend to all is a friend to none. Okay. You can have the best interests of everyone at heart. You can try to pursue the common good and flourishing for everybody. But if you just try to appease everybody and and try to embrace mutually contradictory ideas and desires, uh, you're not going to please everybody. You're going to please nobody. He said that the company is announcing three important actions as they continue to move the business forward. First, we're investing to protect the jobs of our frontline employees. That's... That doesn't sound like moving the business forward. That sounds like trying to stop the hemorrhaging that's going on in your business right now. Frontline employees, like they're first responders or something like that. We're going to try to, we're going to, try to protect the jobs of them. Why? Because your company is cratering because you're screwing up because you are killing the number one beer in America. That's why you have to do that. That's a defensive action. Two, we are providing financial assistance to our independent wholesalers to help them support their employees. Right? Also, you're just trying to stop the bleeding. This is a defensive action because no one wants your product anymore. And then three, they say our summer advertising launches next week. You look forward to Bud Light reinforcing what you've always loved about our brand, that it's easy to drink and easy to enjoy. As we move forward, we'll focus on what we do best, brewing great beer and earning our place in moments that matter to you. You want to earn your place, apologize and say that you don't believe all the liberal claptrap that you were embracing with your Dylan Mulvaney campaign. That's how you do it. That's how you earn the place back. Until you do that, we're not buying your beer anymore and your beer is going to continue to tank. These guys are screwed, okay? I realized it over this weekend. Coincidentally, I was in the same town as Joe Biden this weekend, sleepy little Hartford, Connecticut. I landed at the Hartford airport and there was a lot of traffic. I said, there's a traffic around here. And it was because Joe Biden was in town. So I was, I was in the town for the God Save the Queen remark, coincidentally. And then I went to my cousin's wedding in Connecticut. And I realized the, the depth of Bud Light's problems because the Knowles family has a wide spectrum of political views. The Knowles family, I think, is pretty representative of America. Lots of, a handful of, you know, hardcore conservatives, handful of hardcore liberals, lots of people kind of in the middle, center right, center left. And one of the main jokes of the weekend was over who was going to drink a Bud Light. There was like one case of Bud Light in one of the coolers at this wedding. And our, my liberal relatives and my conservative relatives were all joking about it. They said, oh, that's the woke test. Oh yeah, is anyone going to actually go? I want to see if anyone drinks that beer. At one point, a cousin, one of my cousins, he says, hey, uh, Michael, don't worry, I got you beer. I think this is going to be your favorite beer. And I, and it's a Bud Light, you know, and, I, and then I pop it open and pretend that it turned me gay. And then everybody laughs. And that's the joke. People are doing this at bars now. It's a meme, man. And then, by the way, I wouldn't finish the beer. My Another l- more liberal cousin of mine comes over and says, hey, I'll, I'll finish the beer. I know you can't drink that. I'll, I don't really want it, but whatever, I'll drink it. It's okay. They're screwed. It, when, when your company becomes a punchline, you know that uh, things are not in the right direction for you. Okay. And Bud Light is, is a good stand-in for the whole movement. 
The rainbow flag movement wasn't always a punchline. It didn't always get PR that was this bad. The rainbow flag movement for a long time got really, really good PR. For a long time, it was will and grace. You know, it was really chic and cosmopolitan and sophisticated. And even straight guys wanted to seem like gay guys. They, they Remember the, the metrosexual movement of the 2000s where you had guys who were normal, you know, desired women, did not desire men, but they would kind of dress up like they were a little light in the loafers. And they would do this not just because they were European. This happened even in America. It, it got really good PR. Now the rainbow flag stands for creeps in libraries talking to little kids and putting porn in elementary schools. Stands for people chopping their bodies up, sterilizing themselves, looking ghastly. That's what it has become. Bud Light is reflecting that. You want to talk about jokes? This is actually the saddest news story I've read over the weekend. There were a number of sad ones. Adults are now, for their recreation, going to bouncy castles. I saw this story in, in the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal is not a sensationalist tabloid paper, far from it. Very st- stable, staid establishment paper. The new night out, adults only bouncy houses. Grown-ups try to rekindle a childhood pastime, this time with achy muscles. That hurt my back. Adults are discovering that jumping in bouncy houses, a childhood pastime, is not the same when you're older and less nimble. Grown-ups aren't just hopping with their kids, but are increasingly bouncing around with other full-grown humans. Adults are renting bouncy houses for weddings, birthdays, and company parties. Some are having as much fun as youngsters, occasionally helped by pre-bounce booze. Adults don't bounce back the way they used to, and then it talks about how they, you know, their backs hurt or something afterward. This is just the latest iteration of a trend that we saw through McDonald's, where McDonald's was was going to sell happy meals for adults, kids meals that were not for kids, that are for adults. The trend of adults going regularly without kids to children's theme parks. Why are adults doing this? Adults are doing this because they don't have kids. There are some right-wingers and conservatives who are just going to make fun of these adults. Say these adults are losers. They're, they they're never grew up. They're overgrown children. This is pathetic. They're going to mock them for wanting to do these things. That's not my take on it, actually. My take is that these adults have perfectly normal nostalgia, perfectly normal desires to have fun, There are are other ways to have fun than just like going to a bar or something like that. So I recognize there are other, being a kid is kind of fun and adults remember that. But this is the wrong way to follow those desires and that inclination. The right way to follow those desires and that inclination is to have kids. This, one of the secret little joys of having kids is you get to do kid things again and kid things are fun. It's fun to go throw a ball around in a park. It's fun to like wrestle on the floor and play with cars and stuff. It's fun to go ride bikes around the neighborhood. It's fun to go to bouncy castles and eat Happy Meals. And that is a fun thing to do. But it's weird if you do it without kids. Not everyone gets to have kids. Some people suffer infertility. You can do it with your nieces and nephews. You can 
do it in your community and go kind of roughhouse with the kids. Okay, yeah, that's kind of, that isn't that fun. But if you do it as an adult, you, it's sad because you, you haven't grown up. It's just, you can't, you actually can't go back in time. This is the whole premise. I've, I've said it before on this show. This is the premise of that Kenny Loggins song, the back in poo corner. Help me if you can, I've got to get back. It's this whole song about how this kid is graduating high school and he's out in the hundred acre wood with Winnie the Pooh, but he can't, he can't get back. He doesn't, he wants to go get back and hang out with his friends, uh, Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh and... I don't, I don't really remember the Winnie the Pooh story that much because I'm an adult. But he wants to go back and he realizes he can't because he's become an adult and that is now closed off to him. But the final verse of the song is that he looks into his son's crib and he sees that his son has a little Winnie the Pooh doll or a Tigger doll or something like that. And he says, oh, I, I'm, I'm back now. I get to go back to Pooh Corner now. But it's through this different lens in a different place. And now I am in a new stage of life and I'm passing this on to the next generation. But we don't have a sense of the future in our country anymore. We don't have hope for the future. We don't have a sense of responsibility toward the future. That's why we don't really get married. We don't really have kids. And the inheritance that we leave to the kids that we do have is a mountain of debt. That is a political problem, not just from the libs, who are the drivers of a lot of the sexual dysfunction, but that's a problem for the conservatives, who are, who are the drivers of some of the economic dysfunction and the, the economic dysfunction that's led to a breakdown in social solidarity and an idea that we have a, a great responsibility both to our ancestors and to the future that comes after us, all encapsulated in a big bouncy house that a lot of overgrown children are are hopping around in and they're hurting their backs. They're hurting their backs because they're not meant to be there. They're meant to be helping the next generation and getting to relive some of their memories a little bit in conjunction with them. Now, speaking of people throwing their weight around, big news story in the presidential race. I've predicted, you know, oh, you know, I hate to say I told you so, and we're seeing some of my some of my predictions have been coming true recently. And there's one prediction I have that's very unpopular with a lot of you. And, but I've stuck to it because I can't lie to you. I can't lie for big tech. I can't lie for the applause of the crowds. I'm just going to tell you what I think. And one thing I've said is that I have felt that Chris Christie could have a real moment in this presidential race. And everyone laughed at me. And I said, I think we're on the brink of a croissance, a croissance, if you will. And folks, it's happening. First, though, my favorite comment yesterday is from Ramp. Oh, I'm sorry. My, <laughs> that's not my favorite comment from yesterday. My favorite advertiser that I have before my favorite comment from yesterday is Ramp. Right now, go to ramp.com slash Knowles. Are you looking for a better way to simplify your business finances across expenses, vendor payments, and accounting? If so, Ramp could be a complete game changer for your business. Ramp is a corporate card and expense management software designed to help you save time and money. With Ramp, you can issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Ramp's accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time so you don't have to. The time that you will save each month on employee expenses will allow you to close your books eight times faster. Businesses that use Ramp save an average of 3.5% 
within the first year. Ramp is easy to use. Get started in less than 15 minutes, whether you have five employees or 5,000. Right now, get $250 when you join Ramp. Go to ramp.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. That is R-A-M-P dot com slash Knowles. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank, members FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. My favorite comment from yesterday is Diane Iser8255, who says, followed you the whole time on Daily Wire Plus. The ungagged content was the best ever. Thank you very much for those of you who stuck it out. I was banned for a week on YouTube because I articulated basic truths. And so they took me off of YouTube for a week. But I said, look, we always put our show on Daily Wire Plus, And now we're putting the show on Twitter as a backstop. And you can always get the show uncensored on the RSS, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you, you get your podcasts. So I, I refuse to censor myself. But it is a fact that on YouTube, because of the new YouTube rules, we just can't put all of that content here. So if you want the full show with my fully articulated, fleshed out opinions, where the editors don't go in or the publishers or the big tech platforms go in and take away certain sentences, you got to get that on Daily Wire Plus, Twitter, at M. Knowles Show, and Apple Podcasts. But I guess for right now, we're back on YouTube until they want to take me off entirely not because they can refute anything I'm saying, not because I'm, anything I'm saying is particularly uh, egregious or anything like it, but because the liberals are trying to rig the 2024 election and they're trying to rig the 2024 election through a ver- variety of means, including through big tech censorship, through obviously the indictment of the political opposition. And they're doing it because the emperor has no clothes and everybody knows it. So the only thing they can do is, is try to cheat. Now, Speaking of 2024, Chris Christie surging in New Hampshire. By the way, I don't want this to be misconstrued. I'm not saying I'm supportive of a Chris Christie run. I'm not saying I want Chris Christie to be the Republican nominee or the president or anything like that. I'm just telling you what I see happening in my Nostradamus crystal ball. And what I see is Chris Christie is surging. Trump is still far and away the leader in the field nationally and in New Hampshire. By a country mile, he's got 47% of the vote. Ron DeSantis has 13% of the vote. And then there's Christie, not so far behind, number number three at 9%. Next highest is Mike Pence at five, Nikki Haley at three, Vivek at three, Tim Scott at three, someone else at five. So someone else is actually doing better than all those candidates below Mike Pence. Now the, the wrinkle here, is that Chris Christie also tops the never ever list. So there's, there's another poll of candidates that you would never under any circumstances vote for. And Chris Christie's at the top of that list. I don't think that really matters. I think that's less a reflection of Chris Christie and more a reflection of our current political order. Because the never ever list, the second person on the never ever list is Mike Pence and the third person is Trump. But Trump is far and away the biggest leader in the field. So what does that tell you? All that tells you is that the the electorate is getting more polarized, which you already knew. And it tells you that there's a civil war in the Republican Party. And there are all sorts of Republicans who don't really agree with one another anymore. And this is truer today than it's been at any time in my lifetime. When you've got people in the Republican Party who are socially conservative, don't really care all that much about, you know, big government or something, they actually want to wield the government for their political ends. That's people like Trump, that's people like Ron DeSantis. And then you've got still the kind of holdover uh, establishment, 
quasi-libertarian, you know, just shrink the government and give all the money to corporations. You still got those people in the GOP. You still got the Chamber of Commerce people in the GOP. You've still got the milk toast people in the GOP, and they just don't agree with one another. So, yeah, of course the base is going to be is going to be divided here. Chris Christie, if he's already at number three in New Hampshire right now, if something should happen with the Ron DeSantis campaign, if DeSantis does not start gaining ground and gaining ground quickly, if he continues to kind of remain stagnant, even lose a little bit of ground, Chris Christie could end up number two in New Hampshire. Who the hell knows? Chris Christie could be number one in New Hampshire for that matter, depending on how the indictments go with Trump. Chris Assange, my friends, it might be upon us. And I know everyone is really complaining about this GOP race. They say, oh, it's a mess. Oh, no, we're going to lose to the Dems. Maybe, maybe we will. I think we could lose to the Democrats, even if everything goes perfectly. But this is politics, guys. The fact that anyone is even seriously considering a Trump-Kennedy ticket is so wild and crazy. I find it delightful. If you don't like that stuff, you don't like politics. Now, take... Trump and Biden out of it for a second. Take Chris Christie out of it too for a second. There's another race, which is Ron DeSantis sniping at Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom sniping at Ron DeSantis because if Trump is not the nominee, DeSantis looks like he's going to take it. And if Biden, for whatever reason, is not the nominee, it looks like Gavin Newsom is going to take it. Here is Ron DeSantis's advice for Gavin Newsom. With all those problems, he has a real serious fixation on the state of Florida. I mean, I think it's just bizarre that he does that. But what I would tell, what I would tell him is, you know what? Stop pussyfooting around. Are, are you going to throw your hat in the ring and challenge uh, Joe? Are you going to get in and do it? Or are you just going to sit on the sidelines and chirp? So why don't you throw your hat in the ring, and then we'll go ahead and, and talk about what, what's happening. So... Good line. Glad to see that DeSantis is attacking Gavin Newsom. But of course, there is no reason for Gavin Newsom to throw his hat in the ring right now. Gavin Newsom is not traveling all around the country attacking Ron DeSantis, building a national base, building the beginnings of a campaign in, in order to convince voters to vote for him over Joe Biden. That is not how the Democrat Party works. It's not how incumbency really works, and it's really not how the Democrat Party works. There is not going to be some insurgent Newsom campaign against Joe Biden. I don't think anything could happen. Biden could fall off a stage and then maybe there's more of an opportunity. But I think what's going on right now is that Gavin Newsom is traveling over the country, taking the shots at Ron DeSantis, building up the campaign in order to convince Democrat Party elites that he is a viable alternative. I think the Democrat Party muckety-mucks the people who exert a lot more control over the Democratic Party than the Republican elites can exert over the Republican Party. They're looking at Biden and they're saying, this guy is just not functioning. And he's saying, God save the Queen in Hartford, Connecticut at a gun control rally. And he's just, he, he's really not there. And he's got a lot of corruption allegations against him. And it just doesn't, he just doesn't look good. He, he was able to be the guy who took over the presidency from Trump, but we're getting diminishing returns with this guy. Wish we could replace him, but drats, there's no one to replace him with. The vice president, who is much younger, arguably in better control of her faculties, is less coherent than Joe Biden, much less politically talented than Joe Biden. And then who's the other guy? Pete Buttigieg. Oh yeah, Mayor Pete. There we go. He's the, that's the Republican savior, or the Democrat savior, rather. Mayor Pete, this local mayor 
who's a really brilliant careerist who got himself a cabinet position and blew it. You should never even hear the name of the transportation secretary, but Pete Buttigieg keeps stepping in it. We keep having transportation catastrophes, so that's not working. And the main thing he's known for is taking a bunch of time off of work to chest feed his baby or whatever he was doing. Paternity leave. Okay, not viable. To quote Donald Trump, Alfred E. Newman is not going to become the president of the United States. So they've been sticking with Biden. But Gavin Newsom, despite his record of failure in California on a policy level, is a pretty compelling candidate. He's rich, he's tall, he's good looking, he's articulate. He comes from a gigantic state, so he's got a, a decent political base. He survived a recall effort. Yeah, he's pretty good. That's not a bad choice. So if, if, if Newsom behind the scenes can persuade the muckety mucks in the party that he's a real alternative. I think then you're going to see many more people start to turn on Joe Biden. Then maybe he throws his hat in the race. As of right now, it would be political suicide for him to do it. Even as Biden is slipping more and more, in case you missed it, forget about the uh, God saving the queen remark. Joe Biden also wants to warn people about gun trucks. You know, there's regular, you got the good humor truck, comes around, gives ice cream out, and then you got the gun trucks in New York and Philly. Because a federally licensed gun dealer is required by law to run background checks on those he's selling a weapon to. And in most cities down in Philadelphia and New York, areas I know well, like up here, you'd see a truck pull up, pull to the curb, and selling weapons, selling guns, selling AR-15, selling weapons. Well, guess what? You do that now, you go to jail. Yeah, guess what? If you drive that gun truck up in, up in Rehoboth Beach, I'm going to sit corn pop on you, man. You, take that to the, you can take that to the queen, Jack. So he, he's obviously slipping. But before Newsom, there was no serious alternative. Now there is an alternative. So when I tell you, look out, maybe Chris Christie's going to come from somewhere. When I tell you, look out, a Trump-Kennedy ticket is not implausible. When I tell you, look out, Maybe Joe Biden's not the nominee. Anything could happen. We are 18 months away from this presidential election. We are living in unprecedented times. We're living through the first federal indictment of a former president of the United States, to say nothing of the fact that he's the leader of the opposition. Things are shifting in real time. Conservatives especially, but Americans broadly, are rapidly changing what they believe. The way that elections are conducted is rapidly changing. We are in, we, sometimes you're in periods of stagnancy, sometimes you're in period, stagnation rather, sometimes you're in periods of intense change. We are in the latter. And God save the queen man man is probably not long for this political world. The rest of the show continues now. You don't want to miss it. Become a member and use code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.